Oh, hi, Mark. What? And we're back with part two of our SummerSlam review, Wishful Booking, Lee McNulty, Jimmy Moorcraft. When we last left, Jimmy was just about to talk all types of trash about Ronda Rousey and her SummerSlam performance. The floor is yours, bud. I, you know... I, I don't see anyone else saying this, and I, and the people who listen are going to shout at me for being a, a Bliss biaser. Oh Do I think that they booked Alexa Bliss in a way over the past two years as probably, well, not probably, the top heel champion, who also, by the way, not this is not about her and Carmella, but she rarely, rarely won matches cheating. She has a lot of clean victories for a heel champion. She does. Um, Bailey. I don't, I don't know. She would have lost to Ember. Nikki she James. would have lost to Ember Moon on Raw I, okay, before SummerSlam. I'm talking Summer title matches. I'm talking title matches. Um, yeah, I'm just saying they, they've never gone out of their way to portray her as this great worker. No, they have not. But they have tried to portray her as someone who's a five-time champion, the <laughs> first well, SmackDown Raw Women's Champion, successfully portrayed um, her as that. Right. As both those things. So I think that her, you know, using her ring prowess and her, you know, psychology to maybe, I don't know, do what she kind of did in the weeks leading up, throw her into a barricade or, you know, she has a decent moveset, giving her the insult to injury and the code red and having Ronda kick out every time, which kind of made her look stronger and stronger. Yeah. Doing the twisted bliss on her, which would kick out, made her DDT, you know, they didn't go that route. I'm not upset about it. I just think that they could have. I'm not saying it should have been a 15-minute competitive match. Right. I just think that the way they booked Alexa Bliss in the past could have warranted her using something to get Ronda on the defense for just a little bit. Yeah. Just a bit. That comes right out of the box of gimmicks. Um, With that being said, I thought the way this panned out was fine. It made sense. It was logical. My only critique about the match is, and also Bliss did everything in her power to make Ronda look amazing. So she did her job that way regardless. I mean, but, Ronda, yeah. These women are okay. submit, are giving their bodies to Ronda, but yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Um, she gave it to Ronda beautifully. Can we talk about Ronda's shit-talking? Sure. Okay. All right. Well, judging by your response, I feel as though you don't have a strong opinion on it, and I don't know how you cannot. That is very... I'm, I mean, I guess I just didn't really focus. Are you ready? Know. Are you ready to go? Are you ready? Come on, little girl. I'm going to get you down. Are you ready? Like, I don't know if she was saying, are you ready? As in, like, she was calling the spot too loud. Right. Or if she legitimately was asking Bliss, like, oh, you're ready to go? I'm going to give you a side split now. And you're going like, to get, get this imagine, ass kicking. Like, could you imagine Charlotte Flair, like, are you ready? I'm going to give you natural selection. Like, I don't know. It just, I, it was unorthodox, which I think fits her style. She's very unorthodox. But well, she has to tone it down a bit. They did start you the... Wanna, they are did, you ready well, for a new World Women's Champion? Yeah. Well, like, they, no, like your character is like a badass. That yeah, that was a little weird, but that was that was in service of the idea that Alexa was early on in the match. She was trying to get away from Ronda. I mean, not early on; it wasn't much of a match. But I think that's what Ronda meant when she was asking, "Are you ready?" All right. I mean, I heard a lot of people talk about this, so I was not alone in it. Okay. Um, not saying you have to agree, but it, I it, don't. It, I mean, you know, just work on it. I hope someone backstage told her to work on it a bit. That's all. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying that she. I think she was responding. She was attempting to respond to Alexa running away. You know, are you ready? Like, are you finally ready? As opposed to running away. You know, are you ready to actually stand and fight? Because that's what Alexa was doing. Well, yes. But Just, even Jonathan Coachman or Corey Graves is like, how polite of Ronda to give her a warning. And I thought they were trying to, like, protect her. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I thought it worked well. Um, uh, we should probably go into what happened the next night on Raw. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, actually, let's... Did it not bother you? Did it not come off to you like a spoiler that they announced Alexa Bliss versus Trish Stratus for Evolution the morning of SummerSlam, basically? Um... It was me, actually the night of NXT TakeOver that they announced Okay. Um, but, yeah, a little bit. But at the same time, I think people were kind of expecting Ronda to win, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, but um, so and much also, so that you can, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, and also, I guess, if, if Trish, if Alexa retained, Trish could have said, I want to match the title. Yeah, but why would she be entitled to that? Um, well, I mean, there's that. There's also the fact that she's a Hall of Famer and already a seven-time champion and her being in the title match isn't the craziest thing, but I do agree with you. It's yes. not the craziest thing, but it is a pretty out-of-left-field thing. It is. I also think that they should have announced this match. I, I wasn't going to talk about this here, but, but I, I don't even think that, that this match should have been... I don't think they should have booked this match. I think there should have been, like, a reason. I think that... By the way, they were in, they were in Toronto next week which is where she's from. So all they had to do is wait a week and have Alexa Bliss shit talk someone and then Trish come out. Yeah. That's all they had to do. Yep. So the, the fact that they just announced it, like, why are they announcing it? Did Trish indicate that she wants to face Alexa? Did yeah. Alexa indicate that she wants to face Trish? Like, I was excited, don't get me wrong, and I am excited, but I just think that they really missed an opportunity, especially with how good of a heel Bliss is, to just announce this match without it happening based for a reason. Like, why in this case and not... That's something they so rarely do that I kind of wish they would do more of sometimes. Just announce a match and then make that the story that these guys are just suddenly in opposition at the upcoming event and how are the, how's that going to affect them? You know, are they naturally at odds and so on and so forth? You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Yeah, also, I don't know if you heard, but Sasha Banks is very, very, very mad that she didn't get this match and that she was lobbying for it backstage. Against also, Trish? it would have made a lot more yeah pronouns, pal. It also would have made a lot more sense because after the Royal Rumble, I was clamoring for a Sasha and Trish match. Oh yeah, that's right. That whole exchange was really, really cool. I thought Honest- Trish like doing that whole her gimmick. That was good. Yeah, that's right. Um, I feel like I, that's probably a match I would rather see Sasha and Trish. Oh, absolutely. Uh, me too. And I'm a big Bliss fan, so that just goes to show that I'm not. Oh, you biased. are. I absolutely, I, <laughs> I absolutely would have loved Sasha and Trish, and I think Sasha absolutely can get a better match out of her. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, I think Alexa's a serviceable worker who works safe. Okay, I don't, I don't want to. Not we a don't bad have to get choice. into this every time. We know, we know, you know. Jimmy loves Alexa. For anyone just joining us. Well, well, because people are confused why someone returning for a singles match after seven years is going against Bliss. So I'm just relaying the fact that I think the only, it could be decent. The only thing I can, the only connection I can make is Mickey James, which you know, Me I don't even too. know that they would want to really revisit the the history between her and Trish. Well, they did it at the Rumble a bit. They had that stare down, bit. and I don't, I don't know what Mickey's status is, but I think that a Mickey coming to the ring with Bliss or Mickey returning to helpless win would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. It definitely would. So there's that element of it. And maybe that could be where they're going with and why they chose Alexa. We, I mean, we don't know that, but that could be the case. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, as of now, we just we can only uh, speculate. Um, um, okay, so the championship celebration or presentation. Yeah. yeah. All the women were there, including the Bella Twins. Confusing. Yep. Very. Um, <laughs> and... I just can't get a handle on this Stephanie McMahon character. Like, I, I hated the way she approached this whole thing. You know, 
Oh my God, are you kidding me? You're making me so sad. I, my mom and I were laughing at how good she was. Really? You think it makes sense that her character genuinely thinks, like, nothing that, that we've seen between her and Rhonda would indicate that she would have any reason to think any of the things she was saying. Like, nothing. There's nothing that tells me, you know? You had a match at WrestleMania against her, and she schooled you. You tapped out to her. What about that made you think she was your protege and that you took her under her wing and shaped her? I have no idea. Wait, oh my, wait a minute. Come on, you're making me sad. Yeah, it, it I'm was sorry, like a delusional man. heel thing. Of course you didn't think that. Ah, that's pretty fuck that is pretty fucking delusional, man. At least tell it me that she ate some she ate some magic mushrooms or something and had a psychedelic experience. Like that's a lot. I think that was yeah, I, I think Nobody that, in the world I mean, is if that I'm tone wrong, deaf. If I'm okay, if I'm wrong then I will record a message saying I'm wrong, but I think that was absolutely the point of her saying that. Which oh, is the only point I can see. It's the only point I can see. I just, to me, that no, nobody in the world is that tone deaf. Of you have to not. literally ignore all the facts, every single one. And that's why they were booing her when she was saying, "Oh man!" And that's what set up the whole armbar thing. It was all part of it. It was all part of the whole the whole segment. That yeah. was like that was it. So are so, they? Okay, so, okay so, so we can agree with that now. So when you said, so when he did a phenomenal job. Okay. I, yeah. Everything you said about Alexa Bliss. About Stephanie. Cut it in half and double it. Um, when you said Nikki versus Rhonda, could what happened on Monday been a way to start that? And then Nikki's going to turn on Rhonda and go with Stephanie sometime in the meantime since they have some history together, you know? That's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, I there the inclusion there made me think it was going to happen then. So it didn't happen at SummerSlam. Because I left... And then it didn't happen on Raw. I left Monday thinking, okay, the only reasonable Raw women's title match I can come up with at this point is Stephanie versus Rhonda. For you know, oh my God, that's what everyone else is saying, and you guys are not wrong. But they cannot do that. Why would well, we yeah, care about saying that? She gets of better course, they cannot do second. that. But I'm saying, like, well, a it didn't stop them at WrestleMania, and b that's the only heat you came out of Monday with. That's there's no heat between Ronda and anybody else, right? Which is why I think that Nikki is going to be the proxy for Stephanie, and I wow. can't believe it. Yeah, pick a better proxy. That that's awful. I I think I mean, anybody any, anybody anybody else, not anybody else, but like almost literally anybody else within reason. Oh, I completely agree. Um even Nia Jax I wouldn't mind seeing again yeah. because she never had an inclusion in her match. Yeah, Nia Jax would make a million times more sense at least. And we already know they could put on a pretty good match. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I don't know what Vince is thinking. I mean, I know what he's thinking. Oh, Ronda's mainstream total divas, total bellows. It'll be enough season of total bellows. But yeah, no, uh, I'm very not excited for that. And um, oh my god, that would be horrible. But, I, hope, but, I hope they know better think, than that. No but I think after reading that, and know now that they're separating Bree and Nikki for different storylines, and maybe Bree's going to be on SmackDown, Nikki will be on Raw. Um, yeah, I think that's where they're going. Yikes. I know. All I have to say to that is yikes. I mean, you could be... Yeah. I don't... Maybe this is just dirt cheap rumor and innuendo. I, I don't know. It's like... it's like I can't even see how you could think anyone would care about that. What a shitty main event. The first ever... Oh, by the way, the first ever WWE women's pay-per-view. There have been... It's not the first ever women's pay-per-view. 
TNA's done it before. There have been, you know. Well, WWE, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I just I just meant because I hadn't said that before. But um, yeah, that would make a shitty main event, obviously. Beyond shitty, awful. Um, I can move on to the pinnacle of all storylines. It really is. It's the sun on the rest of Raw's the solar system. So the main event of SummerSlam this year, uh, indeed, Brock Lesnar defending against Roman Reigns. Um, With Braun Strowman unexpectedly at ringside. So, yeah, I think that Vince was pretty brilliant in the way that he orchestrated this to a degree. Um, I think it made Braun look dumb, but Braun's music hit. I initially thought it was going to be a triple threat match. Yeah, That's where my same. mind first went. And I hated, um, did, you hate, did you hate that? I hated that possibility. Because it's literally last year's, last year's SummerSlam main event minus Joe. I didn't hate it because I think it would have been better than Roman and Brock one on one, and the fans would have would have made it better because of that. I just it it, it makes it it would make it that it would be hard for me to imagine a worse, um, a dumber way for Bra- a riskier way for Braun to have used that money in the bank, you know, to include himself in that match on Sunday. That's a very risky way to use your one and only you know title shot any time. Yeah, okay, so Braun's saying, like, oh, you know, I'm a man, and I do things my way, and I'm not going to be a coward, or I'm going to let you know that I'm cashing in. But you're still letting them complete an entire match, and it wasn't a brutal match, but it's Brock Lesnar <laughs> Roman Reigns, so he knew that there, there would be damage done to them both. Right. Basic Brockonomics. It and does, it like does, not, it does so nothing anything, for them. If anything, yeah, right, sorry, it, it makes it worse. Sorry, go ahead. It, it makes it worse, and it gives Braun a leeway, because he's already at the fucking ring. He doesn't need to walk out. He's already there. Yeah. So, like, that was awful to write him to say. Um, I'm telling you right now that I'm going to cash in on you after this match, and that makes it better somehow. Dare I say noble even. Don't think about it too long. Yeah. Like, what? So, yeah, that was just annoying. And the as soon as he, I realized same... he's standing at ringside, I'm like, I, there's no way. Like, I knew, I, I, I was kind of pissed at myself that I didn't foresee it happening the way it happened. Because that, when I saw that Braun was standing at ringside, I said, okay, he's going to become involved. Yeah, so the match was, I mean, I don't know what it was. Um, I'm excited too. When Braun comes out, and when well, Braun says what he says, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is a, this is a really interesting way to kind of uh, spice things up a little bit, if you will. To have it go down the way it ultimately went down... I feel like that, I, I, I guess I'm alone, I'm in the minority as far as looking at it the way that it actually is, but the promise of, you know, spicing the match up that was Braun coming out before the match and standing at ringside only served to facilitate the outcome that none of us wanted. You lose! That's all it actually did in hindsight. Good day, sir! Braun distracted Brock enough that Roman could recuperate and catch him off guard and win. In actuality... I really think Brock Lesnar in kayfabe got kind of fucking screwed out of the title. I mean, at least I think he won the title more legitimate than more legitimately than he lost it, to say the to say the very least. Oh, I totally agree, and I I one hundred one totally agree. I say that the fans in attendance weren't thinking that hard at the moment. Um, yeah, and they t- then the WWE kind of counted on that. And yeah, and I think that for that reason alone, it it, it elevated it a bit. Um. I totally said the same thing. My sister and my mom were like, oh, in your face, Roman won, Roman won. I'm like, yes. But Brock literally was distracted. He literally dismantled both of them. It was like a handicap match almost. 
And, yeah. and by the way, Brock, we can say whatever you want about the whole whatever Vince wants us to believe, and maybe some of it's true or all of it's true. But Brock, I thought was great in the entire six, seven minute thing. Um, beating up Braun, the, the way he reacted when Braun came out, it, it, he just always comes across so real. Yeah. Like I almost believe that he didn't know that Braun was going to come out at that moment. Yeah, the way he definitely. To Paul and Paul, it was just. He's just, Definitely. man, I'm telling you, I, he's just a really valuable guy. And, and, I, and I get the whole criticism, but I, I love him. And I think him throwing the briefcase was fucking awesome after yeah. laying out Strowman. Hell yeah. Uh, I loved everything he did. Um, My brother actually called that. that. He was going to oh, take the really? briefcase and throw uh, Yeah, as he was F5ing Strowman, he's like, and then he's going to pick up the briefcase and chuck it. And that was, I mean, it's a light thing. I was pretty fucking impressive, though. Yeah, definitely. Um... um <laughs> Go ahead. So I'm trying to think of. So yeah, I mean, Brock's distracted. I mean, in terms of accomplishing what they wanted, they got a pretty decent crowd response. They managed to get some "We Want Roman" chants. Uh, they managed to get a, a decent pop when he won. They protected Brock. When was "We uh, Want Roman" chants? I heard. I, I heard, remember the "You Both Suck" chant. Uh, there was a bit of a. Uh, I'm sorry. A "Let's Go Roman" Roman sucks chant. There was a bit, and the pop when he won wasn't wasn't as it was it was there and i hate roman but i i heard it it was there they were wrapped um, up in the moment of everything that had that was happening i mean i you know that, uh, that's probably the case um, yeah definitely so in service and, of getting the title uh, on roman brawn and the briefcase and counting for SummerSlam, because i have a running list here of of the things that they're doing specifically to feed the beast that is Vince's psychotic obsession with having Roman be the top face. Okay. Are, are, do you want to tell us it? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Um, it is... You have the Braun Strowman thing. You have the cash-in. All that does is gets the title on Roman. The next night, Roman has to come out and give big fan favorite Finn Balor an opportunity at the title. Of course, you know, he comes out and immediately he's, he's, just, he's just chomping at the bit to do this thing that we all legitimately want, but not for the right reason. It's just to kind of get him, you know what I mean? It's, again, it's to promise something that would be much cooler that we all secretly know there's actually no chance. There's no fucking chance Finn Balor was going to win the title on Monday. Would have been awesome as hell, even if it was only to then get cashed in on by Braun. Would have been way better, but, you know, there's no chance of that happening. It was all him challenging Baylor and giving him the opportunity was only in service of us cheering Reigns. And, and um, oh, uh, Kurt Angle, not GM anymore. Wow, that's a coincidence. We have Roman's a face, you know, quote-unquote face champion now. Gonna need a heel GM. Like, literally, not even, not even being, you know... We're not even trying to be subtle about this. We have the face champion. He's going to be on TV every week. We're going to need a heel GM to uh, explain why he's not going to be the, defending the title every week like he promised. And then that's, you know, the shield later on. More brawn and then the shield later on. It's all <laughs> Dean. Dean just came back. He's hot as fuck. Seth's been working, been a workhorse for years. He's hot as fuck, genuinely, because of who they are. They're just being used as crutches for Roman, who genuinely nothing. Yeah, I mean, you're not telling any lies. I totally agree with all of it. Um, the match with uh, Finn and Roman was decent. Um, I knew Strowman would somehow come out. Um, you know, the whole Shield thing, it was a surprise, but I don't think in a good way. 
Um, yeah, no. I don't know Makes if no it's sense. really them fully formed, though, because I don't know what three guys on the roster can they face. So I don't really know. I think it was like a one-night kind of thing. I think that they're all going to be, like, probably in the ring next week, and they'll probably think of some six-man tag, but I don't think it's going to be as heavy-handed going forward as it has been the first time around. Yeah. It can't be. I mean, what are they going to do? It's very weird. a random three-built stable? It's very weird, because people were talking about it as a heel turn, obviously, because of the nature of it. I mean, it's weird that they came out. Like, why were they even in shield garb? It was weird. It was a ballsy move by Vince. They had to get dressed up in the shield garb before Braun was even in sight. Um, Braun's music hit, and that distracted Roman, but didn't distract Balor, so it gave Balor the upper hand only up until he gets on the top rope to do his finisher. Then, for some reason, the sight of Braun catches him off guard just for long enough for Roman to get out of the way of the coup de gras and swing the match back in his favor. Like, oh, when that happened, when Roman yeah. when Roman got distracted by Braun, I was like, ooh, could it be? I know how this match, I know how every match, when this happens ends, somebody's music hits, that music distracts one of the guys, doesn't distract the other guy, and the guy who didn't get distracted wins the match. That's how this happens literally every time. So I, yeah. for a split second, got my hopes up of something that was impossible. Yeah, I agree. I don't really have much to add after and, that. And then, yeah, um, the Shield thing. Um, I don't, you're right. I don't know if they are going to be the Shield going forward. What do they do? Um, I mean, Braun's a face, their faces. I really don't know. I'm curious what the explanation will be why they did that. Roman literally earlier in the night had said he'll always be ready. You know? Always be ready. And it was also, that's what the Money in the Bank contract is. It's a fair one. Not, I don't want to say fair, but it's a, I mean, legally a legally binding fair one-on-one match whenever anyone wants it. That's exactly what Braun Strowman was capitalizing on. And the Shield decided to make it a three-on-one attack. Yep. Which makes them look shitty. Yeah. Absolutely For Braun shitty. being allowed to do something he could do. Yeah, to save their friend. So. Because he's Vince's boy. Yeah, Vince probably thought he was really clever, and I think that he got the crowd reaction he wanted, but... The more it, it comes to fruition and people realize what we're saying, it's not going to be as favorable. Um, I thought that in terms of looking forward, I was hoping that Dean was going to bring a chair in the ring and hit Seth and recreate the Shield breakup. Yeah, uh, And now yeah. that he didn't, I kind of want that to be what happens. That they, it's the same kind of thing where they're all in the ring and then Dean does a chair in there somehow for some logical reason. And Dean hits Seth and that's how the breakup happens again. Yeah, but would I that think that'd be a really clever way? Would to that book really it. have any weight, given that they, you know, they just randomly are back together suddenly now? Uh yeah, I think so because the, the, the live crowds are always going to want to see them together, and as long and the longer they keep them together, less likely people are going to be able to see it coming. Yeah, so yeah, I think it'll hold, especially when he attacks Roman. My, I was kind of hoping that he would attack Roman, and it's going to be him and Roman going forward, and not him and Seth, Dean and Seth. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was uh, all done for a pop in the moment. I don't even know if they have any long-term booking plans. They probably don't. And, uh, you know. I hope you got insurance. Oh, and we can't forget Paul Heyman backstage, which this shocked me, by the way. I was shocked to see Paul Heyman. Yeah. It may have been the most shocking thing, <laughs> I can't say, of the weekend. But I was really surprised that even if it doesn't happen to Hell in the Cell, which, by the way, there's a heel general manager now, and the babyface general manager said it isn't going to happen. So I think... It's almost definitely happening. Oh, Roman yeah. Lesnar, Hell in the Cell, oh, yeah, title. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt doesn't um, have any say. I am really surprised that it's happening. I kind of said that that's a possibility they could go 
Um, and yeah, uh, I'm just surprised. I mean, I don't even yeah. know what's the point of it. If they're just going to have Roman win again. Yeah. Do they really need like, like, like a one-on-one win where there's no distraction, no cash in, no, no nothing. Is that what Vince like wants or needs to like go to bed at night or to, like to come or whatever? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I, I, I that's insane. a good question. Cause I don't, uh, the, I don't know that Bro- that Bro- that Roman can beat Brock Lesnar straight up one on one, and nothing that not only has nothing that's happened between the two ever over the years given me any reason to uh, you know think otherwise. But literally, like I feel like every new match they had feeds that that perception even more, at least for me. You know what I mean? Like on Sunday, the the very clear takeaway for me was that the only fucking chance Roman had at winning that title was what happened with Braun playing out in the very specific way that it did. You know? Right. And in Hell in a Cell, you could use weapons. So Roman could very easily just, I don't know, use a weapon to win somehow. And that's the... Yeah, but so could could Brock. And I feel like in an even playing field, I feel like Brock has Roman's number is what I've been told, at least what I've ascertained from, you know, the Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Strowman cashes in. Maybe Strowman cashes in at Hell in a Cell and they make it a triple threat Hell in a Cell match. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Don't lower that cell. So moving on to TakeOver Brooklyn... Uh, the real highlight of the weekend, oh, yeah. in my opinion, and the I'm main sure event. you can agree. The main event. Literally the main event, just done backward. This, yeah, this um, is the first time where the, the one that didn't come last actually was the main event. Yeah, and five matches, too, were the main event. All five of them. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You gotta fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go! I don't know how much I'll have to say about it, because I typically have more to say about shows I didn't like, and I fucking loved TakeOver, as usual. So, you can start. Okay. Cool. I mean, I'll jump just in, literally. you know, here and there, but just overall. I love it. Gotcha, okay. So, this was, I mean, God, I don't know if it ranks as the top takeover for me. I think it does. Um, I didn't really think too hard about that or yeah. compare it to the rest of the cards. I don't know about it's that. It's definitely my favorite, it's definitely my, my favorite Brooklyn iteration in terms of the top to bottom okay. card and what they did in those five matches. Right. Um, and that's still saying a lot because I think Brooklyn is oh, definitely. essentially the WrestleMania of takeovers right now, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this card opened up with a phenomenal, uh, incredible, spectacular NXT Tag Team Championship match. How do you really feel um, about it? You and I were texting. I was at work, so I, I, didn't, I didn't even start the show until 2 o'clock in the morning, and I did not get tired or anything at all. So I finished it at like 4.30 in the morning. Uh, that's how nice. good this, this whole show was. Hell yeah. But you and I were texting about this match when it was happening, and you uh, were giving it some high praise, and rightly so. This was uh, just a very intelligently worked match. Yeah, um, They are just pros, and to think that Tyler Bate is 22 years old is scary. Yeah. Beyond scary. Uh, Trent Seven really hasn't been one of the highlights of the UK division. Uh, he was well-known. He has a popular following back in, in the UK. But, I mean, this tag team with Tyler Bate is what really... I think showed his talent without a doubt. Um, and he has more of the Tyler Bates, more of the worker and he's more of the storyteller of the group. Um, that's not yeah. to say he's not a good worker, but Tyler Bates does most of the heavy lifting. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> just, just this, I wouldn't have even, <laughs> no, go ahead. What? I was going to say, I wouldn't, wow. even, I wouldn't have even made that connection. Oh yeah. Well, uh, 18 minutes, which, if you told me this match was going to get 18 minutes, I mean, after seeing their NXT TV match, I guess I wouldn't have been surprised. But that, that was, uh, it was the second longest match of the night. And, um, oh, they, really? Every, yeah. 
the longest. I know what the I well, Johnny at, at, Yeah, anyone who saw minutes. it, I think, knows what the longest match was. Yeah, probably. Um, but this was just—I mean, the spots in this were incredible. They did like a, a swing with a German and people on his back and on his thighs yeah. and his fingertips and the giant was, swing was, with the fireman's carry was just unreal. Unreal in, into a German um, suplex with the fireman's carry still with the guy still on his back. Yeah, I mean, what crazy! Um, I was in awe as the match went on. This is one of those matches where I had the chills for the last like three minute closing sequence. I'd say. Yep. Um, I wasn't a super big fan of the NXT TV matches utilizing the towel because I don't think that's the thing that's done in wrestling enough for it to be okay. used a lot. So when I didn't see it on the turnbuckle like it was used on the turnbuckle the last match, I was like, okay, good, they're deviating from that. And then Train <laughs> 7 intelligently brings it from the timekeeper area, right. which was smart to keep it out of our sight because that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, well, it's not in the turnbuckle because it was very nicely placed in the turnbuckle in, in their last match. Now it's out of sight, so that must not be a factor. And then when it was a factor, the way they did it was brilliant. Uh, yeah. Trent was brilliant. Tyler was brilliant. I had an issue with, with the referee deciding, and this is nothing on the performers, just really on the referee and how he's booked or told what to do. Well, when the referee I think I know what you're going to say, and this works to the story, though, the story of the towel. But go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Just the referee picking and choosing when another wrestler who's not legal can come in the match. And they do it in matches like with Ronda and Alexa. Alexa's out of the ring, so the referee's preventing Ronda from going out of the ring. In any other match, the wrestler's just going to go out of the ring, and they're going to do moves on the outside, and the referee's going to do a count, and it's a normal match. But well, they do that sometimes, and I, I just, I don't I, know. I feel I, like it, sometimes it, it, the referee takes the minimal amount of effort, or at least presents it like they're taking the minimal amount of effort to keep the guy away from the outside. That's why, you know, frequently you'll see the ref say, no, 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 don't go outside, and the wrestler they're talking to will walk away to a different part of the ring, get out of the ring, and go attack that way. Because that's, that's something that happens pretty, you know, on a, on a somewhat regular basis. I agree with that, but in these matches and these cases, the wrestlers are, are just listening and not doing that. They're just not. They're just being prevented See, from going in. I felt like in this match, way more so than the NXT TV match, they took care of making the referee less selective in that. Like, like at least I don't even know exactly quite how to say this, but it, to me, it seemed like they took care to, you know, expose that a little bit less. I thought in this oh, match versus the NXT TV match with the with the the oh. whole big thing with the towel. That's definitely a fair assessment because Tyler Bate. I mean, Trent Seven was in that for a long time, and Tyler Bate was just literally being prevented. But Trent Seven even made more of an effort. He was in the ring, and, and you're right, the, the referee wasn't totally preventing him, but he was telling him not to come in. And very small critique, yeah. but it's something that I've noticed in wrestling matches a lot, and it did happen in, in the Ronda and Alexa match. I yeah. noticed. That's why she took the time to sit in the middle of the ring instead of going out to get her. Which right. I feel like would have worked, but we're not talking about time with him. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I gave this We've match... done enough of that. Um, we sure did. I gave this match four and a half stars. I just thought it was yeah. phenomenal. Um, on, on par, maybe just under the Revival DIY match from Brooklyn, I think the first Brooklyn show. Um, so, so I don't see that bit. sounds fair to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly, I, I wasn't, I knew that he was talented and I like his ring work, but I wasn't too enthralled with him and Bobby Fish as like characters when they first debuted. And then even when they put Adam Cole with them, I was a little worried about Adam Cole. And then Roderick Strong is a great wrestler, but kind of lacks charisma. And they all just gel together so well. Definitely. I mean, Definitely. what a difference a year makes. Let me, and, um, 
Before we finish yeah. talking about this match, let me just present to you one thing that I thought in, in passing during this match at a certain point. Yeah, sure. Um, so they, they reintroduced the towel to the match, that point we were talking about where he gets it from the timekeepers, and for you know not long at all, he's teasing, throwing in the towel, and then, of course, he turns, he throws it in the crowd, which signifies, like, no, fuck that. No more, no more towel antics, which, of course, got a pop. And right. it just, in passing, it's probably just me. I had this thought. Tyler Bate then inched his way back, you know, still in the submission, inched his way back to Trent Seven, tagged in, and, you know, it worked out. But I had this thought in passing. What if when he went to tag back in, Trent Seven fell off the apron and just went heel? Oh, man. Is that crazy? Yeah, that would have been fucking... Been really... The crowd just would have fucking lost their minds. Yeah, that would have been extremely... But, yeah, that would have been, I mean, amazing. I don't even like, I don't even know what the crowd would have done because it would have been so out of left field. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just... When he I, threw the towel for a second, I was like, wait, is that a, is that a dick move? He just, you know... Because his buddy, the sentiment of throwing in the towel because he cares about his friend, but obviously it wasn't. Right, and also the story of their relationship. I don't know if you watched the UK, the first UK special from last year, but uh, Trent Seven trained Tyler Bate, so it's kind of like a father son thing. And oh, wow. Trent Seven was all yeah, and Trent Seven was ultimately disappointed with Tyler Bate's decision in the NXT TV match, but did understand it. Yeah, um, it wasn't like he was mad, but I almost feel like it was like the father teaching the son a lesson. Finally, like you're going to power through the pain. And then ultimately, Tyler Bate did power through, and so that's kind of how, how oh, I do it. Yeah, I don't know okay. Way, so he like re- I don't know I, if that's way too deep. I didn't even put much thought into the fact that the roles were reversed this time. That's a really that's a good point, you know, because you're, you're yeah, it's dead on. You're totally right. Right. So I did like that part of it, and that's why the whole towel thing, I grew it grew on me because at first I'm like, come on, this never happens. It's convenient to do where the towels to the ring, and it's on the turnbuckle now, and. It but, was still a great NFC TV match, but that kind of I struggled with that. And right. now, for me, I remember. After, after this match, I'm I'm very much okay with uh, way more satis- how this all turned out. You're way more satisfied with the role it ultimately played because it was to get to Absolutely. this. It was that to get to this. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was incredible. I don't know if you have anything to add. Um, no, yeah, I think that about says it was a fucking awesome match. Okay. If I gave so stars, I might take- I might give it five stars, but I don't, so it's not even an issue. Sorry. <laughs> wow, that's fair. That 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 that's some lazy <laughs> star giving there. That's a bold take. Real hot stance. Um, so next comes my favorite moment in the night. Not my favorite match in the night. My favorite moment in the night, and with my favorite character, I think yeah. in all of wrestling period right now for me. Yeah. Um, his shirt his shirt just arrived in the mail a few hours ago. And uh, the Velveteen awesome. Dream is 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 just. I mean, I, I struggle with words with him. I have tried talking about him on this podcast before, and I, yeah. I don't even know how to. The totality of his whole character is just incredible. But this video package for this this match, I mean, oh my god, it, it, yeah. it was beautifully done. I thought. I mean, the production team go always is incredible and is always incredible and deserves. Uh, credit always, but this was just, it fit with the story they were trying to tell and the characters and the uniqueness of them and the graphics and the visual effects. It was, oh, it gave me the chills to to every goosebump I could ever have. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was fucking sick. It was really, really good. The match was, was incredible. Said, yeah, go ahead. 
you know, the Velveteen Dream comes out, and he now is becoming the top entrant for the company, I believe. I think he's the new Finn Balor of NXT in that respect. Wow. Um, and Jeez. Yeah, I think so. I hope he didn't just uh, curse him for team, injury. <laughs> well, luckily Finn didn't get injured in NXT. Um, he's not the Finn True. of WWE, that's for sure. Semantics, yeah. Um, but what he's going to wear is now becoming a part of his takeover shtick, more so than the match he wrestles, I feel like. Um, we oh, saw it with the Ricochet yeah. match. Uh, his tights were similar to Prince Puma's and Lucia Underground, the Hulk Hogan thing, yeah. which I can't even get into what I thought about that. And just he kept doing things that, that were incredible. And this time around, he comes out with pants that had Call Me Up Vince on his ass. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think we can end the podcast right now. Yeah. I, 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 so Mike there's a thing that, Mike was the mic was dropped. The camera was dropped. It was all dropped on that takeover. Um, you know, Triple H went on to say afterwards that he didn't know and that he didn't notice it until the hard camera was on. I find that very hard to believe, and I think that you well, and I were talking about this. Yeah, and I don't know if you want to say your thought about it because I agree <laughs> with you. I don't want to take your thought from you though. Yeah, well, I was just what I I think you're alluding to is that I had said that. It would totally take the wind out of it to say Triple H knew about it, which implies that Vince knew about it, that he asked for permission, in other words. I exactly. think we had, yeah, we had a pretty extensive off air conversation about this. As far as the hard cam goes, that's just the staging of the entrances that the reveal of the, of the tights was all about when he got in the ring, you know? Right. We all saw it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He saw it when the rest of us did. Um, right. I personally think that. I, I, or at least I hope that he got permission and that they just agreed to act like he didn't because that, you know, like I said, would not would make it less cool. But Me because too. I think not asking for permission is too big of a risk when you're talking about Vince McMahon, totally. Vince McMahon in 2018. Yeah, go ahead. Totally, totally agree. And what Triple H said was perfect because um, I do believe I'm, I'm, I'm on your, I, I agree with your mind frame in that I hope this is the case. And, and if it is the case, what he said was very smart about, you know, if you're asking for a call from Vince, it may not be the call you're expecting. And I thought that was like the perfect thing to say yeah. in that situation, assuming it really was all planned and then they were playing it off that it wasn't, which right. I, I really hope it was. And I mean, if you um, want to get technical, he wasn't saying literally call him Triple H. We we all know that. Right. And then Triple H <laughs> went on to, to say that Velveteen Dream has, has a friend named Vince, which was kind of corny and then he got away from it. But uh, regardless. Oh, that's funny. Um, I mean, that's funny enough to mention, I think. <laughs> yeah. And the things are, uh, there are rumors of Patrick Clark on Tough. I don't know. If, did you see Tough Enough? Did you watch it when, when it aired? Oh, my God. No. Actually, was was it you and I debating? I was debating this with somebody recently. He's only 22, right? When the fuck did... I do not remember Tough Enough in the past four years, which I think would have had to have been. No? 20, 2015 it was on. That's where Mandy Rose came from. That's the one with Stone Cold where What's-Her-Face said Alicia Fox no, was no, her no, favorite no. match? Oh, okay. No, that's that's the one with Daniel Bryan, Paige. Oh, Miz. that's right. Okay, wow. Yeah. Totally forgot about uh, that Yeah, one. I think both Tony DeVille and Mandy Rose were on that season. Wow. Um, Mandy Rose was the runner-up. And then the two winners are no longer with the company. Fun fact. I feel like that's kind anyway. of tradition, become tradition with Tough Enough, but yeah, go ahead. Totally. Totally. Um, but he was kind of <laughs> arrogant on the show, and he's young. So he was 19, 18, 18 or 19 when that aired. Okay. Um, and he was kind of young, and there were rumors. That, there 18 were or 19, that stage. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, um, go ahead. And, and that he was kind of cocky and whatnot. So this all kind of plays into 
what the perception of him is. At the same time, you have wrestlers like Stone Cold and John Cena applauding him. So regardless, he's doing something right. Um, well, he gets he, it. He, this is, that's an, it's inherent he, in the business yeah. that what makes it unique, you know? Like that's perception is everything and you have to you either get it or you get worked totally yeah and his ring work i mean it, it, it's amazing but you can tell that he definitely will improve and can improve that's the scary thing it's his well, character yeah. that's so Sky's good the limit. that his moveset is, is awesome for someone who's only been wrestling for that long first of all yeah um in general but yeah. there's definitely some spots and some cool notes it and and he'll only get better and he's so young that he can yeah. Um, EC3 was in a really tough spot in this match. Um, I think that yeah, I have his crowd reception was. I, I think his his crowd reception was decent. I think that there is the conversation to be had of should Velveteen Dream be a heel? Period, or can he be the first truly in the middle character? Um, Do you think he, he, he can't be a face because? That's a conversation I'd like to get into a little bit, if that's cool. That's this is really the strongest, uh, the pa- the most passionate thing I have to say about this show, or that I, you know, uh, thought different than I, I didn't agree with what they did. The casting yeah, of these roles. I mean, the guy comes out singing, "I'm the top one percent." You know, that's what makes me me and you you. And he's the fucking face, uh, uh, opposed to this guy that crowds can't stop chanting for. It just makes literally no sense to me. I was tweeting about it that night, actually. Like, you're telling me the fucking top 1% guy is the guy you went with to be the face over the guy who's getting naturally cheered wherever he goes because he's oozing charisma? I mean, no, not to take anything away from EC3. He's good, too. But much like Bobby Roode, that character is custom-designed to be a heel. I think way more so than Velveteen Dream, personally. I agree, and I think that they really could have just stayed with EC3 being his character, but in the episodes of NXT leading up to TakeOver, he was absolutely playing the face role, and, that, and I no, had no, the no. same problem you had. I know, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, not, I'm disagreeing with that. I'm not disagreeing that. It, clearly, he was, oh, was cast as the face. I just I don't yeah. see how you yeah, reach that and conclusion. I don't think, and I don't think he even needed to be either. I think, I think that's the point that I, I agree with you, and I'm trying to tie it with the fact yeah. that they tried. They tried too hard to, to like delineate and differentiate. And to me, it was it was almost like uh, like the Joker versus the Riddler. You know what I yeah. mean? Like they're two villains yep. with eccentric personalities, and they don't need to be pandering. They're just them. And and they captured that in the hype package, but not with the way EC3 interacts with the crowd. And that and so so that I agree. It, it doesn't make sense. You know uh, what I'm thinking? Machine, I mean, Is what? there could there be a reason that they? Could this be like a WWE mandate, one of the first? Because this is a very rare occasion where I strongly disagree with something that NXT did. Like, in other words, it's uncharacteristic of NXT. You know what I mean? And they are ultimately, you know, under the WWE umbrella. Like, they are susceptible to whatever the fuck, you know, Vince decides they have to do. They have to be now. I think. Well, I mean, the scary thing is that it's Triple H in this case, right? No, I'm thinking. I think ultimately, if you know, if Vince McMahon says something strongly enough, I, I think Triple H isn't a impervious, a completely impervious shield uh, protecting NXT from shit ideas. You know. So does that mean that we then have to turn to Vince to give Vince McMahon some of the credit for how incredible the NXT brand has been over the past few years? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> No, what I'm saying is that generally speaking, he it's it's don't ask, don't tell. But 
Okay. If he had a specific reason to want either EC3 to be a face or Velveteen Dream to stay a heel, strongly enough, looking forward to the main roster, not necessarily because of anything now while they're in NXT. I'm talking about like going forward and talking about their introduction to the main roster, like as it relates to that. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, No, that that definitely makes sense. Um, Yeah, I mean, EC3... I, I fear him getting a Bobby Roode treatment. That's why I think I want him in NXT as long as possible. This is how it starts. Um, this is how it starts. It is how it, absolutely. Um, and I wonder where they go now. That's my that's my biggest um, concern. Yeah, Velveteen Dream is fine. I mean, he won. He looks great. Um, I have already read the beginning sh- spoilers of the NXT tapings this week, and he's already in the NXT title conversation. He's facing Johnny oh. Gargano at tonight's taping. So he's out. So, so he's out of win. a possible call up conversation then clearly oh yeah i think that probably would have happened right after SummerSlam if it was going to happen well wrestlemania was, was the I, next week that's what i'm going by this year wrestlemania was the the week after the monday night after wrestlemania that's what i'm going by like the, in other um, words the SummerSlam go home show is already big enough that they don't need to also say we're going to do a shake-up they're more thinking about ratings for the following week but then again we haven't heard it they haven't mentioned it so and they have introduced they they introduced uh, Bobby Roode after SummerSlam on SmackDown. So I'm not saying it has to be a shakeup, but I think that they have been trying to make you know we had the Shield return this past Raw. Yeah, um, Rebella returned on SmackDown. <laughs> it's not a great example. Absolutely I think not. But um, but but I did think there was a slight chance, especially with the pin, for Vince to strike while the iron was hot. And I'm glad that he didn't because I don't think Dream should come up yet. I really don't. And I love him, and that's part okay. of my protection. That's part of my protection of him both because I don't think he'll be used right. And also, the longer he's in NXT, the more he improves, the more he'll get crowd reaction, the more maybe Vince will be forced to present him the right way yeah. with more time to think about it. And I don't think there's time to think about it right now. We have the women's pay-per-view and then the Rumble, and I, I think after WrestleMania, he'll definitely, he'll definitely be up. Right. As far as Velveteen Dream going for the... Title, describe to me, what does that look like? Also, do you know what Aleister Black's timeline is? I'm assuming that's happening because of that, right? Because it's still going to be Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, or or do you not want to get into uh, that? Uh, no, it's it's relevant here, so yeah, definitely. Um, that's, this is probably the only... I'm not going to... 13 matches taped for each taping, so I'm not going to say everything. <laughs> um, the most important thing is that uh, Johnny Gargano comes out at the top of the show, um, and um, Dream comes out, interrupts him, that sets up Dream versus Gargano. Gargano is getting a heel reaction in the Full Sail crowd, which is very interesting to me. Wow, yeah. um, Dream. So that means that Dream is now getting cheered over essentially every baby face. So it almost makes you wonder that, does that mean that now everyone he faces, like you then now have to turn him baby face. Ironically. If Johnny Gargano is, if Johnny Gargano is getting uh, healed up against him, that's, the crowd chanted na 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 goodbye to Gargano after he lost. Wow. That's, yeah. And Velveteen Dream was wearing a uh, Johnny Failure shirt, which huh. I thought was brilliant. <laughs> that, that is. That um, really is. So, uh, so yeah. So, so Dream won essentially. Saying it wasn't. It didn't say it was the number one contenders match, but it definitely tells me that he's going to be in the picture, the title picture, without a doubt. Um, even if it's like a multi-man match or something. Yeah. But prob- um, probably Dream won. That's where that left off. Tommaso Ciampa now has music. Um, oh, you're kidding. Is, is it good? No. Oh, you obviously uh, don't I, know. Huh. I do, actually. I, you oh. literally called me right when I was hearing it. And oh. it sounded good for like the first 10 seconds. Is it um, on YouTube? 
Uh, it's on Twitter. I'll tag you in the tweet as we speak. Sweet. Actually, so one more reason to follow us um, on Twitter, folks. At Real Huge Actor, at Dr. Moorcraft. Yes. Um, so you asked what, what would it look like with him as champion? No, 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 no. Um, I guess uh, you basically would, answered my question there? was, you basically answered my question is why, how, to, how they involved him. Also, do you think it's, I mean, I imagine it's because of Aleister Black, right? They're trying to. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I got to say, I give Triple H credit. I mean, this whole Aleister Black injury happened in real life, and I love how they, they turned into oh a pretty God. interesting storyline. Yeah, uh, that's a great, that. it's a great call. It was fucking genius, the way, that they, the way that it all played out, all things considered. And I love how they still incorporated the Aleister Black stuff into the, the hype package as opposed to try to f- forget about it, you know what I mean? Like, they made it a Absolutely. part, they made the injury a part of the story. Sorry, go ahead. Right, no, it's okay. Yeah, and in the pre-show, they spent the first, like, ten minutes talking about it, too. I was watching the pre-show before we recorded. Oh, uh, I I'm always, that out. I'm always, oh, you have to. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. He's a football player, and now he does NXT pre-shows, oh. kind of like a Peter Rosenberg. Yeah, with uh, um, Sam Roberts, uh, the guy who wears the shorts. Yes. Um, yeah, I forget his name. He, very quickly off topic for, like, 20 seconds, they were interviewing Ricochet. Ricochet, by the way, he gave an awful interview. Um, really, he may be incredible. He may, he may be incredible in every aspect, but his his talking needs a lot of work. Um, sidebar. Um, yeah. But in this interview, with it was like one of those like double screen interviews thing, where like the panel's there and then Ricochet was there live too. By the way, so you saw his like facial reaction. It's like he didn't like the way he answered something. You, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Anyway, I'll check it out. Um, uh, it's Pat McAfee, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Pat I was going to say Rappaport. So yes, yeah, so, so they spent the first ten minutes of the pre-show talking about it. And did you also see, I don't know, if, I forgot when they showed it. I don't know if I tagged you in it. I don't know if I saw it on Twitter, but they showed a longer video and it includes even more people. It shows that Lars Sullivan, it shows Tommaso Ciampa walking by. Oh no, that one was in the original video. Um, yeah. It shows Lars Sullivan. It shows Nikki Cross on top of a roof. Wait, what? Like fucking, yeah, yeah, yes. The video of, of the Alistair injury? Yes, it it does like a, like a larger scale shot of the parking lot, and they even include more of the talent on the roster. Wow, it's incredible, and it shows Nikki Cross like she's a fucking like DC hero just chilling on the roof. That's awesome. It, oh my god, it was it was just detail that was put into it all for something that they didn't plan on coming. I mean, they're just brilliant in that respect. Yeah, um, isn't she on the main said, roster though? No, because she actually fought Bianca Belair in a oh, uh, no contest. And that's like in the feud now in NXT tonight. Yeah. Or that will be in the next coming week. Um, so I'm hoping, at first I thought it was going to be Cassius Ono, because it looks like he's kind of about to have a character shift with the way he's been wrestling more aggressively. Tonight I read that he beat someone and he said that he's the gatekeeper for all the new talent and then he's sick of the new people getting pushed ahead of him. So the person on Twitter thinks that this could be setting up for either Ono versus Keith Lee or Ono versus Matt Riddle who we saw in the NXT audience and was and is now confirmed to be in NXT signing. Yeah. So is, it Rydell? is it not Matt Rydell? Uh, I have no idea. Sure I shouldn't have even I'm pushed I'm pretty back. sure it's Matt Riddle. <laughs> you probably know pretty better sure. than I do. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, it's R-I-D-D-L-E. I just, I'm, I'm trying sure to contribute, and that's, you know, desperation. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I hope, um, real, I mean, real quickly, do you have any idea who they can make it be or who you think it'd be smart for them to make it be with Elster Black, the attacker? I mean, I really loved the idea that it was Johnny Gargano. I thought that that was what the thing that was most teased personally because he was the one 
that seem to be in a hurry, like the most in a hurry to get away, you know, like the first one they show, I don't know. I, I walked away with the impression that it was Gargano, and that's really why I liked it so much, was because he was like, he's going mad, and he's just so desperate to get the title off Tommaso Ciampa that he doesn't want to take any chances other than just a straight-up one-on-one match. Okay. This story, to me, is that Gargano doesn't realize how far he's been pushed just to try and beat uh, Ciampa. He's becoming what he hates because he's so desperately opposed to what Ciampa is. You know what I mean? That's what. That's why. Yeah. I, that's why I love that idea so much. That he was the attacker. Like he sees it as yeah. just a necessary evil. But to anybody else, it's like, what? No, dude, that's so fucked up. What, are you crazy? You're. That's literally what he fucking something he would do. Yeah, well, in terms of what you said about Gargano and, and the video of it happening, being in a rush, don't forget that the Undisputed Era pulled away in a really fast car quickly, too. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I thought he was the most, um, like, he would rather not been seen. I don't know, just the way he looked, to me, just looked like he was trying to be the, the least conspicuous, I guess. Also, we have to put in the beginning of this episode that this is these are complete spoilers for NXT, so I just realized that I don't want to just say it without giving that disclaimer before I start saying it. Okay, I'll because, put that, like, I'll feature that in the title for this, because this will be in part two. Like, in the, in the you Gar- know, like, like, whatever of SummerSlam we didn't finish talking about, and, and NXT TakeOver and taping spoilers. Yes. They've got their show in the can. Their show's been taped. Because what you just said about Gargano becoming what he hates, he legitimately said that in his opening promo tonight in Fulltale. He said, I'm becoming Tommaso Ciampa. You're kidding. Um, that's, no. I William mean, that's Regal- exactly, that's, yeah, that's what, that's what I right. read from it, from the whole thing. Yeah. And that's why but I thought I think- it was genius using the, the injury that way. But because, so then William Regal comes out and, and asks Johnny straight up if he attacked Alistair. Just because he says no doesn't mean that it's not going to be him, but I feel like them paying that much attention to it is going to show me that they're going to swerve us and it's not going to be him. Although I agree with the story they're telling why they want us to believe that it's him because it makes sense why it could be him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I think, think he's the most likely him. candidate to me, the way, the way it is. Yes, and I think that's what they want us to think, but after William Regal straight up asking him like that, I, I think that it's probably going to be someone else because i get and this also depends on the timetable of when he's returning it could just be someone someone else that they just want to start a new program with as soon as he returns yeah so it, dep- it, it, it depends um but uh in talking about the, the velveteen dream ec3 match to me it was a lot more of story and character work and psychology than the work they did um i gave them that now let me say i gave the match four stars velveteen dreams pants gave it the quarter store extra though, because it probably <laughs> a, in terms of a in terms of a wrestling match, it probably was like three and three quarters. Yeah. But uh, the, the 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 dream uh, the dream driver on the apron, the purple rainmaker on the apron, and Velveteen Dream Velveteen Dream character work is what put it over the top for me. Yeah. Um, because it was good. It was definitely a good match. It, it wasn't up to par with the Ricochet or Cole or the tag team or whatever. Uh, but it was good in a different way, and I think that having that different is what makes NXT so special, and, and, and it's what makes Velveteen Dream so special. Yeah. Um, he's so, I mean, he's, he, it really match. is. Like, he, it, it summarizes what's, what makes him so great. Or, it, it, yeah. you know, it's the quintessential example. Also, EC3 is remaining a baby face because they started a program with him and Lars Sullivan at, at Full Sail tonight. So there's that. Oh, that doesn't sound... Yeah. Yeah. No. 
It does not sound very good at all. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what, Those are the words. What does sound very good is uh, the North American Championship match between Adam Cole and Ricochet. That sounds amazing because it was amazing. Well, um, yeah, it's easy to say wow. that. That Jesus, that was the match of the night. I wow. think in terms of absolutely impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Was this the video package that you said you liked a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. This is also very good. Yeah, I think that um, that clip of Ricochet with with Dream jumping out of the ring is going to be. He's probably going to be sick of seeing it. But as far as oh, like, it's going to be, in, and, it, and as well it should. Also, that that clip of him, you know, the guy going for the clothesline and he uh, backflips to avoid it, is also should be featured prominently because that that's he's a, he's a walking highlight reel, even more so than yep. RVD was. Absolutely, I mean, God, this match was just a fucking barn burner. It, yeah. it Adam Cole because the one thing about Adam Cole, I I love him because I think he has this. I don't want to say a Shawn Michaels swagger because he obviously resembles Shawn Michaels, but it, it, it does, even in the way Shawn Michaels acted as a heel, I just see that in him. Yeah. Um, outside, of, uh, outside of the obvious physical comparisons. Um, but, but he's different than Shawn Michaels in, in so many ways as well. But his ring work to me was never anything like top five in the company. He's a great worker, but I didn't get that match from him until the Aleister Black match yeah. in Philly. Yeah. That I'm like, wow, okay, not only do I love him as a character, but I love him as a worker. And then this match, just fucking, now I'm, I'm all in. If I, if I was like 98.3% in, yeah. that I am 1.7, I'm 1.9% in. But yeah. wait, more. Definitely. Um, phenomenal. Definitely. Uh, we can't not talk about that, that, that moonsault into a drop kick. I, I was going to ask. My, no, the, the, the uh, super, super kick. kick. Super, super kick, kick. yeah. Super I was going to ask. Because yeah. that was that. Oh, my I, I don't think I don't know if I hope everyone understands how hard to execute something like that is and how much there's no way to avoid it hurting Ricochet in so doing no, but I mean oh I, I, it's worth it obviously it's easy for me to say but worth it <laughs> worth it Rick super worth His it His throat could have like collapsed or been yeah. shattered or something Yeah oh still Oh my god it was uh, <laughs> it, 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 I mean and that happened with before a match that was already great um, yeah. And the scary thing is that they actually probably have more moves in their arsenals and more kickouts that they could have done, but they didn't. Yeah. Oh, well, um, yeah. I mean, the, but the, uh, the, the, the match they had was perfect, I thought. Perfect. Uh, I gave it four and three quarter stars. It, 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 I, I, oh, so not perfect. I think the reason, I think I just said the reason why I didn't give it five. I, I think that they could have even gone above, and that is saying so much because they did so amazing. So that is not an indictment. It just okay. They're both very incredible talents, and Ricochet has eighty-five thousand more moves that he's yet to unveil. And um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they had like the main event spot of a takeover in, in a few months, I have no. I think that it'd be seven, eight stars, even maybe. Yeah. Um, at least. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was great. Um, Adam Cole's urgency after that super kick spot, going right into the shoulder breaker, was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, a little uh, hard to see how someone could kick out of that kind of an onslaught, but whatever, you got to suspend oh, it. It's a disbelief. Agreed. But there were also a lot of suspension to disbelief in the opening match. That I mean, NXT match. in general, I mean, like, you know, the whole show is every match, I feel right. like, is laden with... Um, but that, you know, and that's New Japan, the main that's Ring of Honor too. The main event yeah. is the culmination of that, is the, the quint, you know. Yeah. Um, so, the whole time Ricochet's going up, top for the 540 or whatever the fuck it's called. I think that's what it's called. 630. Um, 630. It's actually 1030, but thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering, okay, he's, he's taking a lot of time. He's taking a lot of time. Obviously, he sure is. 
O'Reilly and and Strong are going to come out, and that's how Cole's going to win, and they're going to protect Ricochet, and then they don't, and like the match was amazing, so I didn't it didn't affect it, and then finally, like I think after it was over, I was like, oh, that's why they had the War Raiders come in, have their face status essentially emasculated since they got booed after the era put on that incredible tag team match. Yeah. Um, but I think it was necessary to do that. Because Undisputed Era is such a tight faction at this point that you had to explain why they weren't out there. Yeah. And the War Raiders really did kick the shit out of them after a 15-minute grueling match. So I was believing that they were not able to come out to Cole's aid. How did you feel about that? Yeah, no, definitely. I, it didn't even occur to me until you mentioned it, actually. Um, now I'm just thinking about the War Raiders attacking, like... I, I, I think they should... I mean, you can't really, but I, I would just... The Undisputed Era is never going to be unanimously booed. Like, I would just make them the faces and the, and the you know, the what, the big guys, the heels, the heavy machinery uh, war raiders, the heels. Okay, but why are you always so quick? And I, I'm assuming you mean logically, but I think this just goes back to the Dream EC3 conversation and a larger babyface heel dynamic conversation that yeah. we have frequently. Why do we feel the need to need to ship them just because... Like, I think we're in that era of wrestling where you could be an asshole and get cheered. I think that's almost exciting. The exciting part of wrestling right now is the fans have now more than ever had their own voice and they're not controlled by what Vince wants us to think and we're not going to cheer Roman Reigns. And I, I think yeah, that's there's, almost oh, part Yeah, of but the they're fun. always going to have to do heel things as a mandate because that's the role that they're cast in regardless of the reaction that they get. Like, that's I guess that's right. I guess that's my solution to that as opposed to... Because I think it's... It's more common ground than than you're ever going to find with Vince McMahon as far as as forgetting about completely the face heel dynamic. It's just the world we're living in. Okay, take for example the most recent UK special. It was uh, Adam Cole versus Wolfgang in the fucking UK. Wolfgang got booed out of the arena, and Adam Cole got cheered to the point where she actually was partially acting like a babyface and pandering. But we didn't really know because he wasn't on the mic, so we didn't really know. Yeah. Um, but I think that in that case, no, I would never turn Adam Cole babyface because he's such a good heel. And we don't even know what these people could do as babyfaces. It could be a whole different dynamic. Part of what makes yeah. us love them is that they're great assholes. And yeah. They can be assholes. And they have the facial expressions down and they know what to say. And, yeah. you know, the ring work and there's this time spent on it. So that's where I'm always kind of willing to be okay with it being unconventional, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I guess ultimately I agree with you that, that it should just be, you know, the face-heel thing should only be passionately uh, invoked selectively. You know, I, I hate True. that every yeah. feud has to be personal. It sucks. It would be great if, you know, up to half the matches on a given pay-per-view card were just matches that guys were booked in because... They're next in line, and the face heel dynamic didn't even play a part into it. Absolutely. But it's never going to um, happen. Uh, oh, boy. Um, We're all so over right the place. We've kind, of, we've kind of talked about the main event already a lot. Yes. Um, NXT Women's Championship match, I was very um, happy with. I didn't think it would be bad, because I've seen them wrestle twice already, and they were good matches. Um but this was definitely their best match. Uh, I love Shayna Baszler. I, I love Sane. I think that they have a really good 
dynamic going. I think Shane has a really interesting character. Yeah. Um, and I was not expecting this title change whatsoever. Same, same. This was the third I mean, shock they, of the night for me. Yeah, they really, and the way it was done with Smart, it made Shayna look good. Shayna even said in the post-match interview, um, uh, what she said, I think she said, Kari didn't beat me, I lost. Which sounds redundant, but it makes sense. Like she, you know, not, or did, was that what it was? It was something Pro- probably lines that follows up perfectly on the storyline between them. It, it it does because it was a three second time, and I always say that in matches that a wrestling match is about a three second pin. That doesn't always mean that you are physically superior to your opponent. It means that you got them down for those three seconds. That's yeah. why a roll up victory is utilized so much. Yeah. that's what it means. It's a really insightful, and, um, Bobby Heenan. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, there's not, I don't really have that much more to say about it. I gave it three and three quarter stars and, um, I was happy with it. And I think that, um, they're continuing the feud. Obviously Shayna is going to be asking for her rematch in the next summer weeks on NXT. And, um, yeah, I think it's an interesting direction to go in. I wonder if they save it for the, uh, evolution pay-per-view where they have the May Young Classic finals and then they have Shayna and Kari in the last year's May Young Classic finals. The same show. Oh yeah, that would be sick. That'd be really sick. That'd be pretty interesting. They should do that. I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I you, loved. Did, I loved. Did this. you like it? Yeah. I lo- I liked it yeah. a lot. I really like both of these two. Kyrie is growing on me. The pirate gimmick is, you know, it's out there. Like the music, all that shit. But it's definitely growing on me. Shayna Baszler, I just fucking love. I think she. I. Yeah. I don't know. I wish more heels were exactly the way she is. Totally. Relative to their, um, you know, situation. And then finally, we had the NXT Championship match clocking in at about 33 minutes. Um, they had a daunting task considering this was essentially their third hardcore-style match. Yeah. Um, this, was not, this was not planned either, so they had to put this together in about two weeks. They started, and, they literally um, started with an unsanctioned match, and then they went to a Loser Leaves NXT match, and then they went on from there. That's just fucking says it all, I think. Yeah. It is, and I don't know if they're going to have... I mean, technically, Tommaso won the series. Um, Literally. Last time standing matches are, are tough because you have that six to eight second time frame where there's nothing happening, but I feel like they really tied that together well in this match. Definitely. Um, I mean, God, Tommaso used a fucking human being to put on top of Johnny to keep him down. Yeah. I mean, that was amazing. That was good. Um, and yeah, The I mean, double I table, they set the setup of the double table, the way they... You know, I've never seen it like that before. And Me they neither. left it there for a while and let it sit. And I thought for sure that would be the finish. And, it, you know, that might have been even the fucking halfway point of the match. Like, there was still a lot of match after that. The point where they both get knocked down and it seems like the match is winding down and they both get up at the fucking count of one was awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Yep. The, uh, but, uh, you know, again. Finish. Okay, yeah, go ahead. What, what were your thoughts on it? I liked it just because I think the story of the finish was that Johnny went too far. He went further than he ever would have intended to go in a vacuum, you know, subconsciously without realizing it so far, in fact, that that was his Achilles heel, ultimately. So I liked it. I liked it a lot. Okay, so I totally agree with all that. My only question is, didn't Johnny consider the fact that Tommaso could still get to his feet even if he was handcuffed? I think he was all he was caught up in the moment. Okay, fair enough. Blinded because by rage. I have to be honest, when he was handcuffed, I was thinking that someone was going to have to come out and screw him over. I was like, okay, we're either seeing a new NXT champion here, or there's someone getting maybe Alistair Black is okay now and he's going to come out. Oh, fuck that. Um, I mean, they, they they really got me. 
got me there when yeah. they did the handcuff thing. If Alistair um, Black was okay, it should have been a triple threat, by the way, was what I meant. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, it was just online. I know that some people had issues with it. Some people were calling Johnny stupid for doing that. Um, I, obviously, a lot of people online were speculating that he was actually injured. I don't think that's possible. I think this is the entire point of the story. Yeah, same. And it kind of, and it also protects him in Boss too. Yeah, as well. He was strictly yeah. thinking about the damage he was doing to Tommaso, and not right about what it would mean for him. Absolutely. And uh, I gave it four and a half stars. It was not my best match of the night. I gave that to Ricochet Cole. I think fairly, definitely. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I it was phenomenal. And um, but that was NXT Takeover. Yeah, that was it. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, All right, sick. Oh, and we didn't... Should we no, talk about too. Triple H? Yes, Triple H and the Super Showdown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so for this, the Australia Supercard, they are putting together Super Showdown athlete titles. They have announced... Um, well, obviously, they announced Triple H and Undertaker. So there's rumors that I'm reading online today that this time was really reserved for Brock Lesnar, and he was scheduled for Raw in Brooklyn. Remember, I kept saying that if he's going to be on Raw, there has to be a reason and that he'll be advertised, but... yeah. It won't matter because it's a Brooks. So Brock obviously didn't show up. They only included that Paul Heyman segment, which um, is interesting to me. Um, so some people think that Triple H was just told he could go out there to sell time. I think that they were going to probably sell the match at some point anyway. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I thought he was passionate about it. I thought he spoke from the heart. Because I'm going to compare this to the Blitz and Trish Stratus announcement. It's the same concept. It would have been better if... I You're don't not going to get Undertaker guess, there to do that, though. Yeah, I guess you're right. I do think the, the gong tolling and doing like a mind game thing would have been interesting instead of a straight up like, we're just two legends who, you know, really ended this years ago, but now we need to fill an 80,000 seat stadium, so we're going to go at it one more time. And that's kind of what it feels like to me. Oh, that's totally what it is. Thing. That's totally what it yeah. is. I almost think uh, it would I, I think he wanted yeah. to do, in hindsight, I think he wanted to do more than the nothing that they did for the, for the Cena Triple H match at Greatest Royal Rumble. And I think, you know, he just, it was like, you know, just go, just, just go. Vince was like, go sell this match. And I think yeah. they kind of failed, personally. But I'm, but again, I, I look too deeply into it, so I don't know, I can't say how the casual viewer did or did not like it, but if they were around for the end of an era match, and they have paid any attention to WWE since then, it makes, what he actually said was that he was basically talking about it like that was, was his last match. Like, to date, right? Yeah, definitely. Or at least that was the implication. And it's like, dude, you've been fucking champion since then. What are you talking about? Yeah, and both Undertaker and Triple H have wrestled consecutively every single time since WrestleMania 28. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I really yeah. felt what Triple H was saying. And talking about baby faces and heels, to me, it seems like this is going to be straight up Kind of, I guess if we need to put a thing on it, double babyface match. Taker, I thought Triple H would eventually go heel and kind of say, I'm going to end the Undertaker once and for all, but it's kind of just like a respect thing now, which I'm okay with. This is an example of when I don't think there needs to be a heel-face dynamic. Yeah. I think that it's fine. It's Undertaker Triple H. God damn, they're babyfaces. Wrestling um, is so unique, dude. Wrestling, yeah, I, we just, I know. Live crowds, like it's not, I want to say they have a, we have a short memory but it's just, it's so exciting to see someone you haven't seen in a little while. Because when last I looked, Triple H was vehemently heel. When yeah. last any of us looked, you know? 
yep. Survivor Series Getting... into WrestleMania, heal, heal, yeah. heal, heal. Also, and yeah, and yeah. so I guess and he'll and yeah, go ahead. It's also weird that Stephanie McMahon was on the same show and she was kind of in her same character, but he's shifted when they were together at WrestleMania and that whole storyline. Yeah, I wonder if this started yeah. as them together on Monday because it was when I saw that she was there. It was after I think he was there, and it was like, oh, they're both there. Yeah, I think I would have. I think I would have done one of those limo segments where the limo pulls up and they both get out to like open the show. Maybe. Oh yeah, that could have been good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's happening at the uh, Super Showdown, and then also they announced recently Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. At the Super Which, Showdown. I mean, it, okay. At the Super Showdown. Ugh. So it's September 16th. It's Hell in a Cell. They're going to be the mixed tag match. Now we have the proper singles match follow-up. Um, which I'm okay with them, I guess, doing. That they're going to, in the meantime, not do it three times in a row. Yeah. Um, and then we also have John Cena and Bobby Lashley versus Elias and... Oh, yeah. I heard about this. Oh, um, um, okay. It was originally John Cena versus Kevin Owens. Now it's oh, John God. Cena and Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens and Elias. Yeah. You took a yeah. good match and you made it a less good match. Yeah. Although I'm sure Vince is salivating at the thought of John Cena and Bobby Lashley teaming up. Is he? I feel like he's. we've established that he's soured on Bobby Lashley. Well, oh, you're so, saying strictly, yeah. you're saying strictly uh, Physically. aesthetically, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then the real interesting thing is the announcement of The Shield being an in-ring competition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give this, this is the, the, the quintessential reason this show exists. Yeah, give your idea. I love it. So I was pondering what three individuals could face the Shield, and if I had my way in this wish booking, I would absolutely have the Shield versus the Undisputed Era. Fuck yeah. I do not think it's going to happen anytime. I think Dean Ambrose will absolutely turn heel. I think that the only other time this could happen is probably after WrestleMania, unless they get called up randomly. Um... And I think that it's a really unique show where you can maybe have, I don't know, I was even honestly looking out for The Shield to be on NXT tonight. That's where they began. But that's obviously yeah. not where they're going. That's extremely show me to think. Um, with that being said, my first question is, do you think they'll ever do that match? Wait a second. And I wouldn't say it's question, not safe. I wouldn't. You're saying they couldn't still make it just because, the, what, The Shield hasn't showed up on NXT? No, I, I just don't think it's going to happen, period. I, oh. I, I can't see it happening. No, I, well, I think I could see it could happen. I'm going to cancel your bed. Negative vibes in the ether out right there. I could definitely see well, it please, happening, ether. Please do, because it's my idea, so I would love for it to come to fruition. Yes. yes. Um, so, nope. assuming that it is not them, which we both want it to be very strongly, who could I face? What three people? doesn't have to be like an, a coherent faction. Well, you also suggested to me the idea of the authors of Pain and Braun Strowman. I saw a graphic of that on Instagram, yes. That Which was a total kind of fan out. idea. Yeah. I mean, if the club was still on Raw, I mean, that's the only other one I could think of that comes close. I don't even want to think about anything else than the well, Shield and the SmackDown. Undisputed Era. No, I know. But I said that's the, that's the only other really three-on-three three with the Shield right now that I could see that I would want to see. And that's yeah, and for the, a similar and the reason Wyatt family, to... The, uh, the Wyatt family is eliminated because Eric Rowan has been officially confirmed with a torn bicep today. What Wyatt family? Eric Rowan is in the Bludgeon Brothers. Totally different yeah. family. Different families, dude. They're, You're confused. Yes. So confused. <laughs> um, so I really don't... I mean, now that Wyatt and Kevin Owens are, are in 
maybe they do an interpromotional thing. I mean, I can't imagine AJ Styles not defending the title in some capacity or fighting for the title if he loses yeah. to Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Which I could definitely see winning at Hell in a Cell and their rematch being at the pay-per-view. Definitely. Definitely. So they're, that's limiting that. So I'm genuinely curious. I don't know, maybe Sanity? Do they call upon Sanity oh, for an interpromotional match? Fuck! I am so mad at myself. Yes, obviously, Sanity. Fuck, dude. I've thought about that way too much to not have been able to come up with it now. I didn't even look to SmackDown. I'm ashamed of myself. Of course, Sanity. Way sooner than, well, I, than, than the club, even. Go ahead, sorry. Okay. How do they How do they do it, though? Like, do they just announce it? Do they cause it to happen with, like, an actual... Like the Sanity Invade Raw, maybe? They No, 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 no. They announce it, and they build it, keep them separate from each other, have the match, whatever the outcome is. Maybe they do a rematch for Survivor Series, since that's... Because that's when you want to have them start coming... You don't want to start doing the, the showing up on the other brand thing, you know, a month or two before you really... That's, that's your, your, you know, one of the main things you're going for. If Survivor Series is it going to be anything like last year, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. Okay, so we think it's going to be Saturday. I would. I think I would love for it to be Saturday. I didn't. I don't know who it's going to be. Oh, but. me too. Me too. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. So yeah. So um, I'm interested in the other matches. I kind of think that maybe they're going to do like Ronda and the Bella Twins versus somebody. I don't know why I'm thinking that is a possibility. Or put her. I don't think they'll have Ronda in a singles match at the show. I think they'll put her in like a tag match. God. She is confirmed for the show. After we'll be wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I really hope it's going to um, be Ronda and the Bell Twins versus someone because that highly indicates that they won't. She won't be wrestling Nikki, yeah. who's right. a, as a representative Me. for Stephanie at Evolution. Yes, I totally agree with that. Um, Word. I, so that's that show. Um, I hope the Iconics have a presence. They have to. Beat Naomi this past week on SmackDown, so that made me a little excited about something. Dude, with yeah. And Naomi hadn't been on TV in a while, so I thought for sure she was going to win that match. Like you're me, me, me too. I think that's that's a sign of something. Did I not say they were going to start to heat them up as it got closer to the Australia show? I feel like I did. You did. Them, you did. them versus the Bellas would be perfect, I think, for that show. But oh, I agree. Uh, or Evolution. And maybe you could do like a segment with them at at the show in the ring or something. Uh, that's a no. That's a terrible idea. You want to hang on a second. You want to do Batista's not even with the company. You want to do the Iconics versus Evolution. You're not. You're not thinking right now. Right? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> intergender. It's a hey. It's a women's Evolution pay per view. Do do an intergender match. I like the idea of the mixed tag happening at Evolution. I think I said that already. You did. The, the, and the I Miz did not. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for Wishful Booking. I'm Liam McNulty. You can follow me on Twitter at RealHugeActor. He's Jimmy Moorcraft. You can follow him on Twitter at Dr. Moorcraft. Like us on Facebook at Wishful Booking Pod and email in wishfulbooking at gmail.com. And we will speak to you guys a little bit later this week, honestly. Later. Sweet sour.
Get your sweet about an hour. 